the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas without any data to back that up. Bringing you the latest in all sports news from KCAC to AAC to the NBA to the NFL to the NCAA. You get all of that right here on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is your host, your conductor, Anthony Smith. Thursday afternoon, and got a lot to get to, especially on the high school scene. There were some games played this week. Bringing you scores, but I'm also bringing you a guest on board the A-Train Podcast. Uh, you can normally catch this guest on KWCH Channel 12 here locally in Wichita. Also part of the Catch It Kansas crew. Uh, talking about TJ Cleveland. I'm about to get him on the line here in a minute. Delayed to have him. Very humble young man. Knows what he's doing. Knows what he's talking about. So I am just delayed to be able to get in touch with this young man. As a matter of fact, we're going to get him on the line right about now. Getting TJ Cleveland. Hello. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Let me introduce my guest. You can catch him, part of Catch It Kansas crew, bring you highlights from Tuesday night's game, Friday night's game, uh, tournament games. You can catch him on KWCH here locally. He's a young man up in. I ain't gonna say up and coming. He's arrived, as Deion Sanders would say. We ain't coming. We here. Let me tell you how I met this young man. We was at Quick Trip on North Oliver. He had this Channel 12 jacket. I'm like, okay, you work. So he let me know who he was. Gave me his business card. Dummy me lost the card. And then I would reach out to him. And lo and behold, thank God for X. I'm not gonna say formally known because we're gonna beat that <laughs> dead horse over the head. But he's a very humble young man, down to earth, and willing to come on my podcast. So I call it another celebrity guest. Welcome aboard, Mr. T.J. Cleland. Hello. Thanks for having me on. I am elated to have you on because I give you a little backdrop here. It has been, I know, over. Let me see. I'm 56. Last time I went to a high school basketball game, I was going to college at Hutchinson Community College around about 1986 around that era mm-hmm. so ran across Joe Jackson and he invited me out to a game I went to see May South well I came away impressed with their team even though it was a struggle but they won they was playing that rival game against Mays mm-hmm. I was impressed with the student body to the point where I tabbed them K-12 
Kansas's version of the Cameron Indoor Crazy. They loved it. <laughs> then I went and seen the Derby. I was invited to the Derby's game, Coach Chadwick, to see the girls' game. Mm-hmm. Stayed for the boys' game. One thing I learned about that girls' team, though, is they play basketball the way I've seen basketball being played when I grew up. Yeah. I mean, they, they pound the post, but they can yeah. shoot the three, and they play relentless defense. First team, second string, and the underclass. So tell me about your high school basketball fixation. What got you involved in covering high school sports? Yeah, so I grew up in southeast Kansas and played all the sports and just kind of wanted to get involved with, uh, you know, just however I could stay involved with sports, whatever that would be, and kind of just got my way into the, the TV industry. And I've been at Kwich for about two years now. And, you know, obviously, whenever you're at Kwich, we got the, the beast that is Catch It Kansas. Catch It Kansas, right. It's it's a it's a massive uh, undertaking and everything like that to try to get as much high school stuff as we can in there on that Catch a Kansas show on Friday nights and got the whole Catch a Kansas website that we run catchakansas.com so it's a kind of a sprint every Friday night seeing how much we can get in there and then we try to try to catch the big ones on Tuesdays and Thursdays and everything like that so we've we definitely watch a, a lot of football a lot of basketball a lot of track meets and you know all the other sports in between it, it keeps you busy definitely definitely keep you busy and now here we are it's it's hard to believe that we're coming up on the final game of the regular season mm-hmm. and the big game around here i'm pretty sure everybody has a circle i'm pretty sure it's going to be a packed house and there was a time since i'm old enough i can say this a game of this magnitude and i'm talking about Capen versus heights would be played would have been played at the roundhouse back in the day and when you think of huge games Capen and heights you think back in the day, Greg Dryland, Aubrey Sherrod. Now you have the coaching legends, which is Steve Eck, Joe Auer, but you also have one of the best players in the state on the court, T.J. Williams. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, Heights is definitely a machine. You know, we, we've even talked to his future head coach, Paul Mills. We talked about T.J. and just what they have going on at Heights, and he was like – you know, we run a college program here and then, you know, we get out and go recruit and we'll try to catch a couple of TJ's games. And like, you can tell that it's a machine that they got over there and they do things a very particular way. And, you know, I've watched uh, just some glimpses of Heist's practices and stuff like that. And it's, I'm sure that if you asked me and then you asked somebody that was at Kwich, you know, 20 years ago, whenever Coach Hour was here, it's probably the same looking practice that they saw back then. That's just the reason that he's had so much success at Heights. And, you know, obviously TJ Williams is, I think he's, you know, the best player in the state outside of the prep school, like the Sunrise kids and stuff like that. But he's, he's super talented, probably one of the most athletic kids that you'll find in the state across any sport. Uh, and just super fun to watch. And then, you know, obviously he's not even the only one that they got out there. And Malachi Wilkins is going to be a big-time college basketball talent wherever he ends up. He's still a junior. Uh, and then, you know, Chase Robinson came out of nowhere this year, it seemed like. And that was something that this summer that Coach Hour told us. He was like, you know, you guys are used to coming out and seeing these guys. He's like, we're going to have somebody that's really stepped up. And so he was right. Chase Robinson seems to get his way onto a highlight reel every time that we get out to heights. And so – uh, it's definitely a really great team, and it should be a really awesome one tonight uh, on Thursday uh, whenever they get out to Capen because Capen is, uh, you know, obviously one of the best teams in the state as well. Right, and when you say Capen, you can't help but think about Steve Eck. Everywhere he's gone since I've known him, he's never had a losing season. I mean, I go back to Jardine when he was coaching junior high, South High. Then he went 
to UMKC where he was an assistant and he was getting some, basically he was getting some talent in there to the point to where the head coach was getting fired and he was about to bring Steve Eck on, but somehow Norm Stewart has something to say about that. Well, Steve Eck, like, okay, fine. I'll go the Juco route. He wanted every stop and comes to Chapin and instantly. You may as well say they're almost an they're in the national spotlight because of that name, Steve Eck. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. You know, I've only been in Wichita for a couple of years, so I'm not super, you know, enriched into the, the basketball scene. But, you know, that's kind of one of the first things that you learn is whenever you watch Capon, you know, people will tell you, like, yeah, Steve Eck, Steve Eck, Steve Eck. And then you kind of do a little bit of research, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like this guy's a legend in Kansas. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just from the, the couple of years that I've watched Capon, they, they're just – great year in year out and you know last year they go all the way to the state championship game and then lose will ancio to go play football at k-state and you know you didn't really know it was going to come back and then you know they've got a another thing ball lo and behold is just ready to ready to keep it going and that thing ball kid's a stud and brooks powers is a stud and they're a really interesting team and they can make a lot of noise in the, the 5a playoffs i think and speaking of 5a an intriguing matchup and i'm not for sure how the bracket's going to break down but the matchup I want to see on the 5A side, and I know the teams up northeast, they might have something to say about this, but I would be very intrigued to see Mays South, Joe mm-hmm. Jackson, who's also was a winning coach at Wichita East, who coached under Coach Ron Allen, rest in peace, against that Capon team. That, to me, would be a match for the ages. It would be. That 5A is really interesting with those two. Uh, you know, we've kind of just been sitting around waiting, and everybody keeps asking that. Like, when are they going to play? When are they going to play? And it's like, nope, like two different leagues, even though they're, you know, 10 minutes apart, two different leagues. It's like if we see that one in the playoffs, that is going to be a really great one. It's going to definitely pack a house wherever it is. I know that everybody's going to drive up if it's in Emporia or if it's wherever 5A is this year. I haven't even looked that far ahead yet. But, yeah, that'll be an awesome matchup. And then even on the girls' side, you know, the May South girls are awesome Yes, too. they are. They are. There's like like the Andover girls are probably the best team in the state in my opinion. They got uh, Brooke Walker. That's a really great five A matchup. If we saw that one come to fruition uh, in the playoffs and stuff like that, so it's uh, there, there's a ton of great talent. There's a really like elite level of teams in the Wichita area right now that can make a lot of noise come to playoffs. Absolutely. And you mentioned the May South girls. Another good team is you can't overlook that Derby girls team because. Actually, them and May South, even though they're the AVCTF, one is 5A, one is 6A. You put them on the court, you couldn't really tell the difference between the classifications. Basically, they had revenge games. One got one, and the other one got the other one back. So what do you think is the talent level or difference between the uh, 5A and 6A? Uh, it's really interesting, and it kind of goes case by case. You know, I think in, in football, you honestly, you get some better football in 5A than you do in 6A, and it's just kind of the way that the dice rolls sometimes. And, you know, they're obviously really close to each other. Sometimes 5A is better than 6A. Sometimes 6A is better than 5A. I think typically the last couple of years, I would probably say that 6A in basketball has probably been superior to 5A, but, I mean, it's like a like an eyelash difference if you're really going to make me pick one of the two. But, yeah, I think that, you know, when you see that, and even, you know, in basketball as well, it, you know, I, we saw McPherson come out and beat Derby this year, and they're a 4A school, and the, they've beat 
five A's and six A's all year long. And so I think that, you know, especially in basketball in the state of Kansas right now, if you have five studs, especially if you have more than five studs, you're going to win a lot of basketball games regardless of the classification. And, you know, it's really fun whenever we see those, you know, cross classification games like we saw mm-hmm. versus the Derby is the one that just comes to mind because it was 4A versus 6A. But just – those were a lot of fun. I wish we had a little bit more of those. I wish that the leagues it wouldn't be so structured in league play if I had to have any say into it. But obviously, you get rivalries with the league play, so it's catch twenty two. But those are a lot of fun whenever you see those matchups come to fruition. But yeah, I just you know, obviously towards the top of the state, you're going to get some of the best regardless of classification. Okay, based on the basketball that you have seen mm-hmm. over the last year, this year, some intriguing matchups. Who are some key players? Because, you know, a lot is said about, you know, like you said, you mentioned Sunrise. Mm-hmm. But when you look at some, especially some teams that have dominated, like you take Heights, uh, you take Campus a few years back, uh, who was their coach? Chris Davis. Uh, that team that he had that COVID shut their season short. Mm-hmm. How do you think some of those teams would stack up against, say, a Sunrise? Because I always hear the narrative that, well, Sunrise is a school that got a lot of Division One players on their team. But I'm under the notion at any given time, uh, that four-year run that Heights had with, you know, Perry Ellis, and then here just recently, the run that they had. How do you think some of those teams could actually stack up against, say, a Sunrise? Yeah, that's a tough because, you know, whenever you get these Sunrise guys, they've got players coming literally from all over the world. You know, they've got some guys from Europe on their team this year, and they've got – you know, last year they had a kid that was, I think, is slated to be the number one pick in the draft next year and stuff like that. So they really do get – that's like an elite of the elite. They're one of the – you know, not the best teams in Kansas. They're one of the best teams in the entire country. So I think if you, you know, really got to handpick a team in Kansas and, you know, you went for a team that had, you know, the, the Perry Ellis and those guys or maybe like whenever Frame Camp was in high school and stuff like that, you might be able to get a great game, but, you know – just year in year out sunrise would be able to kind of go through and you know they're they're playing national schedules for a reason because they can go out here and compete with teams that are full of all five-star players and they really do that they'll travel to florida and play these games and they've got dudes that are five-star players on their team that are all going to be division one guys so it's a different beast whenever you get out there and it's just crazy if you've ever even been to a sunrise game they play in that little tiny gym inside the the academy there and they've just got some of the best players in, in the country and so, uh, you know, you'll get players. There's definitely players, I can say that for sure, that there's players that go to these public schools that are able to compete at the same level as these guys. But then when you look at rosters, just the amount of studs that they have on their team at Sunrise, uh, they're just a monster. Absolutely. As I'm looking through some of the scores from uh, this past week's game, from Tuesday night's game, there is a name that I always see that's very synonymous. Uh, your thoughts on Blake? Blake Rucker, uh, Andover. Correct? Andover, yes. He the other seven three pointers scored twenty five points against uh, Salina Central. Nice. Uh, yeah, I watched Andover a lot last year during their stretch to to go win that title, and they were a beast of a team last year. You know, with the guys that they had with uh, BJ and Shetler and, and Rucker and the rest of the guys that they had. So haven't been out to a ton of Andover this year. I think I've caught one of their games. You know, they're obviously missing that senior class. They're not going to be the the same level of dominance that they were without those guys that they had. Whenever it comes to playoff time, but like you said, Blake Rucker 
and the guys that they have left are obviously able to compete within the ABCTL, and, you know, that's one of the best leagues in Kansas. So who's to say that they couldn't make a run and get to a state tournament? You know, it really just turns into who gets hot. And, you know, obviously if you got a guy that's making, you know, almost double-digit three-pointers, that, that's going to help your cause. So he's definitely one of the better players in the area. There's just a long list of them. But, yeah, Andover – uh, you know, just Coach Shetler is a great coach, too. So, it, you know, obviously they're missing a little bit of the talent that they had last year, but when you have a coach like Coach Shetler, too, uh, you know, they can they can make uh, as much attention towards them in, in March as anybody. All right. I also have my eye on this May South team that's undefeated. And now you would hate to take a loss, but, you know, looking at the makeup of their team, like I said, they're coached by Joe Jackson, who at some point will most definitely be in the Kansas Coaches Hall of Fame because of his track record. But there's a player that's of intrigue to me, and they knocked off campus. Of course, campus has a pretty good player, too, but yep. they made South both raced them 69 to 33. Player of interest, uh, Michael Cates. Mm-hmm. Is he flying under the radar as far as scouts, or is it the stigma that he's too short? Because I tend to think that he would be a dark horse for a Division One school, say like Wichita State. Yeah, uh, I have. I've only been out to I think one May South game so far. The way that our coverage has just kind of been throughout, I've only you know seen the highlights. I haven't gotten to watch really a full May South game. I don't think so. I'm definitely gonna have to catch more as these playoffs come on, because you know they're a team that's gonna keep getting coverage more than win games. So we're definitely gonna make a lot of trips out there to watch them wherever they are. So, but you know, just kind of what I've seen, and then you know, just speaking of last year as well, you know, he's obviously. Uh, undersized compared to the division one level but you know he's super athletic super fast and he's a great player he's one of the best in wichita uh you know it's tough to to sell it you know just with the way that the recruiting world works is that you really got to be doing stuff that's special if you don't pass the you know the metrics test of you know height and all that stuff that they look at and all those big numbers so uh it'll be tough just based on that because you know kansas isn't a a super recruited state to begin with if it was texas or if it was one of those states it'd be a different story so i definitely think that he could end up seeing his way there uh it'd just be interesting to see the the path that it'll take to get there i could see him maybe being a guy that you know goes to junior college and does great and ends up going there or maybe a guy that ends up going to a a small d1 and you know just seeing how he flourishes there and see how that goes but yeah he's definitely a great player Right, because I, I know as of now, he has an offer from Kansas Western University. Of course, that's a pretty good program at the NAIA level. Can't can't knock them, them, Southwestern, uh, those schools of that magnitude. But, yeah, I like I said, when I had the chance to see them play, I was definitely blown away by his leadership ability and his basketball IQ. So what games on tap will the Catch It Kansas crew really be covering this week? I know you got – Heights and uh, Cape and any other games of interest that if you were to promote and say get out and watch this game, which game would it be and why? Oh, well, this is a weird week, obviously, as you know, because the uh, the sub-state brackets came out on Wednesday, I believe. So everybody kind of wrapped up their season a little bit. We got a couple of stragglers, scragglers that made their way towards the back end of this week. But, uh, you know, obviously that City League championship game tonight between um, Heights and Cape and uh, it will be a great one. Uh, I haven't there, there, the Friday slate we're obviously we're going really big on state wrestling right now actually it's state okay. wrestling so we're going to get out and you know watch some of that at Hartman Arena and up in Salina uh, and see some of the best of the best come to town 
Um, then, you know, talking about, I think Tuesday, there was a couple of great ones. I saw, you said May South and campus, you know, just to see how Andrew Burton stacks up against the talent like that. You know, he's obviously one of the better players. So uh, I don't have a long list for you as I would on other weeks, but uh, we're just kind of looking forward to, to some wrestling right now and seeing some of the best. Obviously, I think Mays has got two of the best wrestlers in the entire state on their team. So Okay. And speaking of, you know, you mentioned wrestling, not that I'm going to get into a wrestling talk. It's just the setup of how they have it, everything under one roof. Do you think we will ever see, at least from a finals standpoint, to where you can say, okay, we're going to have the finals of 4A, 5A, and 6A under one roof? You know, play your sub-state games here and play, you know, the qualifying games. Then when it comes to the state final, everything everything is going to be under one roof. Is that something you would like to see, and how would you propose that to happen? Are you talking basketball? Basketball. Yeah, that'd be awesome if they can make that happen. I think that the way they do track is really great. And, you know, you look at how Texas does football. Everybody plays at AT&T Stadium, home of the – and Jerry's World down there, home of the Cowboys. So, yeah, I think it's awesome if they even do something like that for football too. You know, I think that I'm a huge advocate for doing that. And, and you know, it'd be a couple of days and it'd obviously be an event. But, you know, I think that the, the state's set up so perfect for that the biggest city in – Kansas is Wichita that's right in the middle you know so it'd be something that everybody could come and and you'd have to spread it out over a couple of days to make it work probably and, and who would even you know I mean you could even have it in Bramlage Coliseum or even Allen Fieldhouse if KU would do that I don't know if they would but it'd be awesome definitely for a media standpoint too we wouldn't have to go anywhere we'd be in the same place the entire time but right. for fans as well you get get a, a weekend and wherever they'd have it you get to watch just a bunch of great basketball because those state championships are awesome no matter what class they are absolutely and this is going to be my last question for you because I know you got a full slate of things you have to do and get ready for. How much do you think the three-point shot will affect the high school game in the state of Kansas? Oh, man, it's already taken a, a big swing of even just a couple of years ago whenever I was in high school, you know, obviously. And you I, look at college and, basketball games. What's and I have to apologize on that. I mean the three-point shot, the shot clock. The shot clock, I got you, I got you. My uh, fault. Yeah, Definitely. I, I, it's going to make an awesome difference, I think. I think that, you know, it's gotten to the point now where I don't think it'll make a, a huge difference at some of the, the elite level high school teams in the state because, you know, the way that they play, they play so fast that the, the shot clock won't make a huge difference. Um, but I think that, you know, with the schools that, you know, like to play the, the stall ball a little bit and really – get the shot it's just not the same game that you'll see if you go to the college level so i thought it was i know a lot of people think it's kind of silly whenever high schools don't have shot clocks so this will really prepare kids for the next level better and just as a fan it'll make a better product on the on the court you know nobody likes to go watch people pass the ball they like to see points on the board so this will right. definitely put some points on the board well t tj i want to say i appreciate you hopping aboard the a train talk podcast i am humble that you would take time out and keep doing what you're doing i'll keep checking catch at kansas ladies and gentlemen my guest on the a train sports talk podcast tj cleland all the way from kwch and the catch at kansas crew once again thank you for joining the ride uh thanks for having me reach out anytime all right appreciate it okay all right once again, my guest on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, T.J. Cleland from KWCH, Catch It, Kansas. Uh, what I am going to do right here, I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I want to look.
look at some of the scores from this past week. Bring you up to breast as to what happened as we're looking at, I believe, this final week of regular season. And we'll be talking sub-state. That's right. Anyway, let me get out of here take this break. And I will be right back for press edition. So don't you go nowhere. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host, your conductor, Anthony Smith. Chip, crack, or completely broken, does your vehicle need the glass man? Hey, glass man. Whether it's from recent hailstorms, a rock from the road, vandalism, whatever has you looking through a chip or crack, call the glass man. Hey, glass man. The glass man will fix your vehicle's glass the right way with certified technicians that'll make sure your replacement glass is calibrated with all its original safety features. Hey, glass man. Bring your vehicle to the glass man just west of West Street on Central or get it fixed by their mobile unit. 316-669-GLASS or at heyglassman.com. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back again to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, the number one podcast in the state of Kansas. I want to thank my guest, TJ Cleveland, for joining me in that first segment, giving some insight on high school sports, high school basketball. Like I say, you can catch him on KWCH, catch it. Kansas crew, giving us all the information and highlights special shout out to TJ Cleveland. Appreciate him jumping on board. As you heard him say, reach out anytime and trust me, I will definitely do that. He's very knowledgeable. Covers Kansas sports, high school sports, football, basketball. Like I said, they're doing wrestling, so if you're not doing anything, get out and check out some high school wrestling. All those classifications all under one roof. And yes, I would love to see state finals tournament basketball games played under one roof. I mean, what better way to get your basketball fixation by having title games all under one roof, boys and girls game. Anyway, uh, moving right along here. Pulling up my scores here from the games that were played. Start with the boys game. Once again, I can't say thank you to Joanna Chatwick enough for the work that she does getting us these scores on Bike Kansas. Of course, that's her coach, her husband that's coaching the Derby Lady Panthers. And they look to make a deep run in the state tournament as well, too. So hopefully I will have those brackets for the sub stakes because I know one, two, and three has already announced their brackets. 
pretty sure five, four, five, and six, eight, they have to be they are right around the corner doing theirs. But let me get you these scores here because uh, there were some games played. That's Abilene, both race Chapman by the score of 72-36. And over 76, Salina Central, 43, as Blake Rucker hit seven three-pointers and scored 25 points for Andover. First of all, I want to know, does that kid have any more eligibility at the high school level? Because if he doesn't, Wichita State can sure use his three-point shooting. I mean, you hear about him in these multiple three-point games, and you wonder what kind of looks is he getting. And is there a point where we will ever come to the realization that sometimes size doesn't always matter? Not that I know how tall or how short this young man is, but we, you heard me and TJ talking about, you know, Michael Case, I, I, I talk a lot about that young man because I've seen him play. And what are we going to learn that sometimes it's not the size of the dog, but it's the size of the fight in the dog or something like that. You know, you're going to miss out. Some of these colleges are going to miss out on players because they don't fit the certain status quo. Or they're not the certain size. But even Fred Van Vliet himself dispelled that notion. He bet on himself. Spud Webb played in the NBA for Lord knows how many years. Muggsy Bowles, short, diminutive young player at the time. Made it through college. Made it to the NBA. Sometimes while you're looking for this and basing your standard off of this, you miss out on this because it doesn't fit your standard. I know I'm going on a rant right now, but I'm just saying that, you know, every time I see these Andover scores, the first name that always pops out is Blake Rucker. How many schools are overlooking him? But anyway, he hit seven three-pointers and scored 25 points for Andover. And Quincy Bradford, another name that's always mentioned, had 14 points. McClendon scored 14 and farthing 12 for Salina Central. Andover Central, the other school in Andover, 62 guarded 45. Andover Central was led by Jace Adler, Cole Newfarmer, and Jaden Brown, who each had 11 points, and Brody DeGarmo with 10. Jesnowski scored 22 for guarded. That's the name that you always hear popping up for guarded. Beloit 78, Smith Center 49. Bishop Carroll, 69, which is Wichita North, 30. Circle, 71, Winfield, 41. Derby, 65. Hutchison, 60 in two overtimes. Derby's Jack Ewelling hit six of six from the line in the second overtime for the win. <coughs> Ewelling finished with 10 points, and Caden Franklin had 22 points and 18 rebounds. Hutchison's Terrell King scored 17. Nine in the first quarter, and Jack Sanea had 12, and Jay Clark 11. Eisenhower, that would be Goddard Eisenhower, the other school that's in Goddard. 60, Park, Kansas City, 34. Eisenhower's Chase George scored 15 points, Pierce Blue, 14, and Larson Schneider, 10 in the win. Blue hit four threes, and Schneider and Derek Morgan. Each had eight rebounds. Arkansas City's Kamari Jennings 
hit 7 of 12 from the 3 and had 24 points, 5 rebounds. Garden Plains 63, Bell Plains 40, a Battle of the Plains. Cooper Shear and Seth Dugan both scored 17 for Garden Plains. And Caden Castleman had 11 points. Caleb Olette scored a game out of 22 points for Bell Plains. <clears throat> Hallstead 56, Smoky Valley 49. Haven 68, Lerner 27. Heston 76, Nickerson 33. Hillsboro 35, Poisonton 34. Hutchinson Central Christian 59, Fairfield 28. Mays 57, Newton 43. Mays was led by Alan Hanna, who had 15 points, Charles Sharp 14, and Braden Mayavella 10. Newton's Cole Dillon scored a game high of 25 points. Maddox Williams had 11. Here's a head scratcher. As Mays South knocks off campus 69-33. Now, you expect Mays South to win, but campus does have one of the premier players in the state. And May South pretty much just boat raced them by the score of 69-33. McPherson 43, Augusta 32. Gabe Powell scored 13 and Kaiden Thompson 10 in McPherson's win. Augusta's Gavin Kaiser scored 11. Mountain Ridge 54, Sterling 52. Creighton Knitz had 21 points for Mountain Ridge in the win. And Bear Model Mog had 10. Gray scored 14 for Sterling. That game was nip and tuck right there. Mulvane 49, Bueller 46 in another close game. Rose Hill 50, Clearwater 27. Southeast Saline 77, Republic County 25. Trinity Academy 62, Kingman 47. Valley Center 72, Salina South 58. Valley Center was led by Austin Sinners 17 points and Bryson Sinners 12. <clears throat> Quavon Faruker had 17. Jay Sumphrey 15 for Salina South. Wichita Collegiate, as Coach Spiegel picked up his 600 win. 60, Wellington 41. Wichita Heights 49, Wichita West 32. As T.J. Williams scored 18 and Chase Robinson 11 in Heights' win. Robinson had 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and Amalekai Wilkins had 7. Get this, 7 blocks. In a game that some would be considered an upset, although both teams are ranked in their respective classes. Wichita Northwest knocks off Cape in 51-49. In the fourth quarter, Eli Benning scored 11 of his 17 points as Tayshawn Williams and Tayshawn Williams, 6 of his 11 in Northwest's win. Capen's Tegan Charles had 18 points and Will Thingvall scored 16. Now on the girls' side, Andell 57, Eldorado 24, Andover 61, Salina Central 39. As Brooke Walker, you heard that name mentioned in my interview with TJ Cleveland. Brooke Walker scored 17. Aaliyah Green, 
14, and Alana Shetler, another name mentioned, 11, and Andover's win. Arkansas City, 31, Eisenhower, 30. Attica, 45, Cunningham, 31. Bell Plain, 35, Garden Plain, 29. Maddie Talbot scored 13 points and had five rebounds to lead Bell Plain. Garden Plains, Alanya Hoheisel scored 10. Beloit, 58, Smith Center, 47. Bishop Carroll, 64, North, 36. Leah Hinky scored 13, and Leah Littlejohn, 11, and Carroll's win. Chapman, 59, Abilene, 47. Cheney, 64, Conway Springs, 48. Cheney's Aries scored 16, McCormick, 14. Headstrom, 11, and Black, 10 in the win. Conway Spring was led by Macy Hartman and Melissa Ebbenkamp, who each scored 14 points. Circle, 25, Winfield, 29, Clearwater, 50, Rose Hill, 20, as Kaylee Hampton scored 13, and teammates Elizabeth to Jaden and Justine Berline had 12 apiece for Clearwater. Those are names that are also synonymous with this program as those are, those are names that are usually called out when I'm breaking these scores down. So Probably some girls you might want to keep a watch on who may be going on to the next level, depending on what their status is in high school if they're juniors or seniors. So Keep an eye on that Clearwater team. Derby 62, Hutchison 46. Another 6A powerhouse team here. After trolling throughout the first half, including 32-26 at the break, Derby outscored Hutchison 17-5 in the third quarter, holding a 43-37 lead after three quarters. Derby scored the first six points of the period and held Hutchison without a field goal until the 3:26 mark. Destiny Smith scored 10 of her 14 points in the third quarter for Derby. Michaela Askew. I'm correct, that's their sophomore sensation, scored a game high 22 points, 8 in the final period. Grace Posh scored 17 to lead Hutchinson, and Kaya Smith had 14. Garter 34, Andover Central 25, Haven 40, Larner 28, Sienna Dufresne scored 19, and Avery Bronner had 12 rebounds for Haven. Heston 62, Nickerson 46. Hillsboro 57, Poisonton 34, Hutchinson Central Christian 52, Fairfield 29, Capen 42, Northwest 22, as Lizzie Romer scores 16 points, lead all scores in Capen's win. May South, these girls are rolling. You can't tell me they're not. These girls are rolling. May South 82, Campus 15. McPherson, 53, Augusta, 16, Mulvane, 41, Bueller, 35, Smoky Valley, 50, Halstead, 47, Southeast Saline, 52, Republic County, 28, Lexi Jacobson scored 19 to lead Southeast Saline, and Abigail Pearson had 11. Trinity Academy, 46, Kingman, 37, Valley Center, 46, Salina South, 30, Anna Duncan scored 11 for Valley Center, Salina South, Peyton Fritz scored 13. 
Wellington 71, Wichita Collegiate 17. That is not no typo either. Wellington was led by Britt Zakia, 17 points, 15 points. Val Norwood, 13. Lindy Barton, 12. Christian Gregory, 11. And Drew Zecchi, 10. Wichita East, 58. Wichita South, 54 in overtime. East overcame a 16-point deficit midway through the third period. Also, there were some scores on Monday, so let me give you those scores. Derby, 66, Newton, 28. After Newton tied the score at 11 with 116 to go in the first quarter, Derby went on a 25-0 run, sparked by passes from Jackie Welling, Gavin Houston, Braden Smith, Hayden Franklin, Cohen Kochas, Caden Titus, and Avant Riley. UL finished with 11 points, hitting three three-pointers, and Franklin had 12.9 rebounds. Girls, Derby 70, Newton 65. Kayla Askey scored a game high 23 points as 11 Derby players scored. So there you are up to breast as to what took place this past week in high school basketball, girls and boys. Hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. I will probably be back on again tomorrow. Uh, the big game that everybody's hyping up, though, is the Heights versus South game. Uh, when you talk about taping, you talk about Steve X. I know he wants to make it less about him and more about the players. But you have to look at Steve X. You cannot look at this program without looking at Steve X. Uh, if I could possibly do this, you have to look at Steve X's basketball career, his body of work. The man has never experienced, to my knowledge, a losing season. If he did, it was during his junior high days, and I would very, I would find that very hard pressed to believe that that this ever happened. I mean, he leaves Wichita South. He takes an assistant job at UMKC on the verge of getting that job until one Norm Stewart for some reason blocks it. So what does he do? He packs up, goes to El Reno Community College in Oklahoma. Goes there, wins. Makes his rounds. Couple of stops in the state of Kansas. Juco. Never had a losing season. Everywhere he's gone, he's won. He comes to Capen, and Capen hasn't been a bad basketball program. They've been mid to upper, you know. But now he has them at a level consistent to that of what he did when he was at Wichita South. And, of course, his coaching counterpart, Joe Auer, what can we say about him? Uh, I believe he has championship 
rings on all five fingers and possibly one more on the other hand. Put together, I do believe, a string of four consecutive state titles <clears throat> back during the Perry Ellis day, so that would be four. One, one, I believe, a couple of years ago, that's five right there. Was looking to repeat, that would have been six. Now here we are, has one of the state's top players in T.J. Williams, aiming to get that sixth ring if he doesn't have it I believe he does maybe going for seven but what can you say about those two coaching legends going up head to head it would most definitely be a chess match of two of the greatest coaches in city league history greater Wichita athletic league history whatever you want to call it and that speaks volumes when you think of some of the names that have actually gone through just Wichita alone, you think about Lafayette Norwood, the standards he set pretty much for that Heights program. I mean, when you go to Heights, you look up and what you see is banners. Banners. Not just any banner, but state championship banners. One of the best all-time teams to come out of Wichita Heights that I believe it was 1977, that undefeated team. I believe they might have been nationally ranked. Bolt race Kansas City Wyandotte. So here we are looking at Heights Capen for all the marbles. Winner takes the City League Championship. The latest that comes to mind, Greg Drawley, Aubrey Sherrod. Epic battles between those two throughout their playing careers against each other, eventually landed them on the same college roster, although it didn't last that long. But yeah, get out to the game tonight. If I didn't have to work, I'd go myself. But I'm going to be keeping my eye on the score. But you who are listening, if you ain't got nothing to do, go pack the arena. Make them wish a game of this magnitude they would have had to play it, if not at Charles Coke Arena, maybe at Fringe University, and even that might not have been big enough. Maybe take over Hartman Arena, but they got the wrestling tournament. But you get the point. Charles Coke, Interest Bank Arena, these young men deserve that support, and they deserve to look up to see a packed house, which I'm pretty sure they will see. But it has been a blast taking you on this train ride. I say, chances are I'll be back tomorrow, uh, bring some more scores, and then look at the brackets of the sub-state. That way you'll know what to expect, what games to expect. And once again, I want to say thank you once again to TJ Cleveland being on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I am getting ready to bring this train back into the station. So hopefully you have enjoyed the train ride today. Until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. I'm out.
Today's podcast was sponsored by The Glassman, located at 4411 West Central. Chip, crack, or just plain broken? Bring your windshield by The Glassman.